Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of The Sideline Junkies. And tonight, we've got a special episode. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. For all the E-Rackers, it's 4007D. For for everybody else, it's Paul Cordova. Um, just remember, Paul, we don't know the statues of limitations, so some of the things you say here may get us in trouble. So let's, let's keep it clean. And on the other side, we got the man, the myth, the legend. The big guy KG, I of course in the Midnight Rider. Tuesday night flight. Let's get it going, man. What's up, KG? Nothing much, man. Just uh dealing with oh. my, my my glitchy stuff, man. It's a glitcherama around here, but uh it's been a long trying day in more ways than one. The miss is good, huh? The miss is good. Oh, the miss is good. The miss is good, but uh you know, we always like to end on a high note, so I got to start on a low note. Uh, got the news early today. Lost a good friend of mine, uh, big Boston Celtics fan. You know, whenever those those Celtics Bulls series was happening, him and my cousin Robert gave me the business, man. And now uh, here I'm sitting, October 10th, 2023, and I done lost both of them, man. So uh, rest in peace to my man, Antonio. Uh, big Tar Heels fan, huge Commanders fan, you know. But <clears throat> just gotta gotta give him. I, my man got his flowers while he was here, so he could smell them. But give him his flowers even more, man. He 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 took care of me a lot in a lot of different ways, you know. And I appreciate him for it. So big ups to him, man. Peaceful journey. Uh, KG. Yeah. So this doesn't turn into a buddy fest. I'm going to let you have the first question. Because <laughs> this rabbit hole, I'm telling you right now. A buddy fest. Okay. <clears throat> Welcome to the Tuesday Night Flight. Of course, Joe the Fan. You see the name on the screen, Duval Paul. Now. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Uh, first question. <laughs> Being a Jacksonville fan, mm -hmm. off the wall, not even on on the script. Is Fred Taylor a Hall of Fame running back? Yes, without question. See, I, I knew I liked you for a reason. Without question. Look at the stats. He got the moniker Fragile Fred early on. Uh, if you look at how many games he actually missed, it wasn't very many. You look at the guys who were in front of him on that list that are in the hall. You look at the players who played against him. He was unbelievable. The first time I saw Fred live was uh, my brother was, this is even before I was a Jags fan, before I moved into Jacksonville. My brother was a big Gators fan, Mr. Gator fan, number one. They're a breed down here. Um, went to a game in Baltimore. Uh, that was a, a whooping, just an absolute whooping. I think it was the second, third play of the game. Uh, Fred Taylor catches a swing pass. Jukes one guy out of his shoes. He's coming right up on Hall of Famer, I believe, Rod Woodson, Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. Jukes him right out of his shoes, and he's gone like 70-something yards just down the sidelines. Game was a laugher. It was like game was over at the half. It's one of those games. I felt like I was watching an old FSU game when I was at FSU. Uh, it was such a whooping that some unknown backup, backup running back named Priest Holmes came in in the fourth, in the fourth quarter. That's how, that's how bad of a game it was. And it was a laugher. 
uh, I, and like took, took the air right out of the stadium. Jags just rolled. And Fred Taylor, I think he, I mean, at the half, I, 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 I think he was close to 150 yards. Um, but he's a great player. Got to see him plenty when he was here. Was very grateful uh, when I moved to Jacksonville that I did have season tickets for a very long time. 48-yard line right behind the opposing team's bench. Got to talk to a lot of players in, in very fun and interesting ways. But I was at that 375 game, which is uh, the game that launched the Colts into their Super Bowl when we ran for 375 yards on them in the black-on-black unis with Fred Taylor and Maurice Jones-Drew, the one-two punch. Fred Taylor is absolutely a Hall of Famer. I, I could go on forever. I will stop. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go with my standard first question for everybody. Um, it's the first memory. What's the first memory of sports that you remember that kind of just brought you in? Even if they didn't bring you in, it's the first thing you remember. I hate to be uh, that guy, but I think I'm the same exact thing as Matt, Matt Catlin. That Miracle on Ice 1980. Don't know that I fully understood Lake Placid. I remember things were suddenly very happy all the time. So everybody was very, very happy. People were who were not very USA, USA, like you see, you know, uh, certainly in the 80s. I mean, I think I feel like that event in 1980 really kicked off all that born in the USA, you know, that came with like Bruce Springsteen and all that patriotism of the Reagan era. And um, that was that was my first memory. I don't know that I fully understood it, kind of like Matt. But um, that's probably my first main one. And then I also remember kind of vaguely the 84 Olympics. I remember the opening ceremony with a bunch of pianos, L.A. But, you know, I wasn't a big Olympian guy. Okay. Now, I'm hearing word that you are FSU fan. Oh, FSU grad. Oh, FSU grad. I was there in between them winning with Charlie Ward and them winning with uh, Chris Wenke. Okay. I milked it. I milked it trying to get that championship. I milked that that college degree, but I missed out. Well, I I, I want to start a little controversy because this is what I do. Uh-huh. Uh, that '93 national championship, uh, fluke. I would say you know that should have been Notre Dame's championship, but fluke, right? I believe that's uh, what they call settled business. Is <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still remember the uniforms for that game. Yeah, I think the, the the word the way tiebreakers work, head to head is first. And yes, we lost to BC, but we didn't lose to Florida State. So you tell me how that tiebreaker works where <laughs> FSU still wins the national championship. I think I think in a different time before there was a playoff series, it was uh it's better to lose early than to lose late. I think that's totally it. And I think there was also some some of we gotta get Bobby one. I think they had to get Bobby his. I think that played into it. Just, I'm just saying. That's my theory. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you, you can have all the theories you want. We got, we got the hard <laughs> <one>. <laughs> I, look, I had to cause a little controversy with that because FSU grad, FSU fan, I'm a Notre Dame fan. Midnight Riders, a Notre Dame fan, and. I mean, I'm 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 a little different than the Midnight Rider, uh, you know. I'm a little younger, you know. Midnight Rider got me by like 25 years, so I'm a little younger. I still hold on to grudges, and that's one of my grudge. That's one of my college football grudges right there. Is 93, uh, and also Rocket Ishmael losing to Ty Detmer for the 
Heisman Trophy is still don't understand how that happened, but I still hold on to those grudges. That's quarterbacks and stats is what that is. Yep. On you, Midnight Rider. Oh, this is a real this is an easy second question before we get to the personal stuff. Um second question is just I know the answer to this, so this isn't really fair, but favorite athlete, favorite player, when, where? Favorite athlete? Jeez, like, what are you picking a sport or? I'm just, I'm, you know what? Since I know oh. your favorite college football player, I'm going to make you think outside you, of the box. Well, you know I love Peter Wark, and I, and I was very, very uh, grateful to see Peter Wark in college. Um, and, I mean, I've, I know I turned you on to his highlight reel, and I could talk about him. Uh, I will say a much superior seminal and my absolute favorite seminal remains work done for all the work that he does with, with single moms after losing his mom uh, and all the, the homes that he builds for single moms. I think that's uh, he's, he's my absolute number one favorite seminal all time. Always such a humble person, just great player. Um, even though the touchdown vulture got him in, in Tampa Bay. Um, if I were going to say all time favorite player or, or all time favorite athlete, God, you're gonna put me on the spot, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I may surprise you. Um, I, before I became a Jacksonville fan, I was a Green Bay fan. Not the first team I rooted for. I was born in New York. I was first a Jets fan. We can talk about that later. But I absolutely adored Barry Sanders. I could watch Barry Sanders all damn day long. One of my favorite. Uh, back when I was still young, and you know, like cut out the clippings from games and stuff. One of the uh, brightest games I I remember as a as a Packers fan back back then was when we held Barry Sanders to like one yard or negative one yard, but Barry's one of those guys who you could pin him five yards back and God bless Barry Sanders because he had two receivers he had Herman Moore and he had a uh, Brett Perman yeah yeah he had Perryman saddled with that fucking lump, excuse me, saddled with that lump of a quarterback and that lump of a coach. I, I was not ever a Wayne Fonts fan. I was not ever a Scott Mitchell fan. Give Barry a fullback. At that time, we're watching, you know, he had no offensive line. At that time, we're watching Emmett Smith and this offensive line of columns. I mean, you have that – I mean, they were just moving people. He was like, you know, you were talking about your Moses moment. Emmett Smith had Moses moments just about every game where there wasn't a guy within five yards of him. I mean, you and I could have pushed our, you know, grandmother down the, you know, in a wheelchair through those holes. And Barry never had that. He had to earn everything. I always felt like he was a far superior back. And he was just saddled by this single back system, you know, middling defense, nobody at quarterback, and just, you know, played a tough division. You know, Vikings had a good team back then, too. Uh, Chicago, I don't know if they were much back then eric kramer years i don't know about well, that. i mean that division that division if you look at the history of quarterbacks wide receivers and running backs and that division outside of green bay like minnesota has had its stretch with moss reed and um carter mm-hmm. they have it now with justin jefferson but in between that it's like few and far between i mean they had peterson but then you'd have you like had, well, you had you had uh, Sterling Sharp first wide receiver in league right. history to 100 catches in a year. You had uh, Antonio Freeman, uh, Javon Walker was doing. You know he had a couple big touchdown seasons uh, with Favre, but you know they also had you know Chimura. I mean they had Robert I mean, Brooks. Yeah. 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 yeah, Green Bay's been steady. I mean you think about it, they've transitioned from Favre to Rogers, and I don't think I think Love could be it, but 
his last mm, two spots have been shaky. He didn't look like it last night. No, he didn't. But you gotta remember his his One most game. experienced receiver is is two year a two year guy. Yeah. Go ahead, KG. I'm sorry. You're on mute. You're on mute. <laughs> yes. Hey, hey, the, the mute button got to win sometimes. Uh, God, where do I want to go next? I don't even you know. That's oh. my favorite sports memory. Well, yeah, your favorite sports memory. All right. I'd planned for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I don't look at uh, – I'm half Cuban. I'm half Italian. That's what this is. Uh, my dad is uh, way Cuban. Came over when he was young. He was in New York when they first got the Mets back in uh, 1960. Uh, I think it was 60, 62, 60. But he was there. He ended up going off to Vietnam, volunteered as an immigrant from Cuba, volunteered, went to Vietnam, came back, was there for the 69 series. I still have the amazing Mets, meet the Mets, like record album that he stole, that that I inherited. Um, but he instilled that that love of the Mets, and God bless him. Uh, it wasn't until the early 80s that the Mets started getting good again. And I still remember in 83, he was really hot to trot about this rookie that we got, Daryl Strawberry. And then come 84, he was over the moon about this other rookie that we got, this 19-year-old from Tampa named Dwight Gooden. And I still remember one day, me and my brother in, up in my house in New York, raking leaves in the backyard. Out of nowhere, my dad just comes out. I don't know what, what was discussed. I don't know where my mom was. He just said, pack up the rakes. Dr. K's on the mound tonight, and we're going. And we just drove. Like I had no idea how far the stadium was. I lived about maybe 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Got to Shea Stadium. And just the entire atmosphere, the entire event was just it, it caught me. It captured me. Um, the sights, the smells. I mean, I'll never forget that game. Uh, great history. Finally got to see them win in 86 with all those players. But, I mean, for years watching good team after good team after good team. I mean, they didn't have a, a run like, you know, Atlanta's got, you know, in the 90s and, and whatnot. But, you know, that little chunk of the 80s. Being a Mets fan was really, really great, and uh, that was probably my favorite memory. Quit. Quit. That leg, man. But I think you have to be maybe the second Mets fan that I've met in my life. It's hard. I, it's been I, hard I, to be a Jags fan at times, but uh, hopefully, hopefully that's over. We'll see. Uh, hopefully. I mean, seems like kind of sort of writing the ship down there as far oh. as the Mets go. And I, I got a follow-up question. Sure. Yeah. And I, I know you, you, you named Strawberry, Gooden, but outside mm -hmm. of those two, favorite Mets mm -hmm. player? Oh, God. Uh, very underappreciated, and I think, I think he was treated very unfairly for the behavior of others, but uh, I was a big Kevin Mitchell fan. Um, I did like uh, – you know, obviously you got Keith Hernandez, Gary Carter, you know, the Hawk, uh, you know, Rusty Staub, Craig Nettles. But I, I, I like I like Kevin Mitchell. I think I think that one year he played every position but catcher and pitcher. Um, he was just a very, very diverse player, not a flashy guy, but he was surrounded by all those, you know, 80s new money, young guns, you know, at the height of the, you know, 
drug scene kind of before the steroids really took over. So it was very, very fast times and living in New York, being a young you know person with money. And uh, I think Kevin Mitchell was he caught a lot of flack for other players behavior. The way I remember, I remember watching back in the day, the old Kiner's corner with Ralph Kiner on WOR number nine, channel nine in New York city. Mm. All right. So for those that don't know, I think I knew met Paul in what? 99. Yeah. probably 99. All right. Nalo. Nalo. Oh man. Nalo. Nala was, uh, that was a very patient uh, beverage assistant at uh, the MCI Center, the old MCI Center, the old phone booth. So I forget who they played. So this is my second Cavs game. He took me <laughs> to my first one. We were on the glass. So the second one, we end up in like the 200 section. I don't know how we got the tickets. Um, I don't remember if we knew somebody or what. So we end up going to the section, sitting down. The waitress name. Is Nalo, N A I L O. I thought it was N A L O. It don't matter. Nalo. I think it was Nalo. All right, cool. We, we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with your version better. Nalo. You had less drink. You had the same amount of drinks I did, so it doesn't matter. Oh. So we got to a point when we were sitting there. <laughs> we're like every ten minutes, just bring us a drink. <laughs> she looks at us like what? It's like yeah, every ten minutes, just. Don't even worry about asking. Just boom. So we we set this pace for the whole game. Um, and then like and then overtime, and then we were in trouble. And then we yeah. couldn't. They cut us off at overtime. Like, oh, we're in overtime. The game's still playing. My, yeah, yeah. You guys are pretty good. You had enough. Yeah. We, we, I, think, we, I think at one point we even chanted her name a couple times. Oh, yeah. We were, we were definitely yeah. young and uh, obnoxious. Yeah. I like to say I like to say we've gotten better. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I don't think I can do that now. Um, I don't, I don't have that pace left in my system. Go ahead, man. Nah, I would have loved to have been a fly on the world wall for that one. And I think you still got it in. Yeah, I mean, only one way to find out. You know, hockey season is starting. Oh yeah. Oh, and so you know, since we on this big guy, mm -hmm. you know my um Instagram name. What the uh, 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 I just seen it a little while ago when I was messing with you about the uh, the, the, the Yankees home run. That's who Cal is that you? <laughs> that's me, that's what Lando. It is, <laughs> that's where it comes yeah. from. Is this guy, Lando. this yeah, guy is the reason for the Lando. I don't know what we were doing, but I'm sitting in the office typing up a custom. I finish and I turn around, he's like, Lando. <laughs> If you got backstory, please tell me because I don't remember. Oh, I, I don't remember where it came from. Uh, he was the smoothest brother in the universe. I remember that. Billy <laughs> D. Billy D. Love me some Billy D. All right, so let's go ahead. Go ahead. No, Take no. Care. See, when you when, when you got organic nicknames like that, it, it, it doesn't – you don't need a backstory because it just stuck. Right. <laughs> so, you know. So, so funny thing was I was like, I got to get an Instagram name. I'm fat poet on um on Twitter or X, whatever it is now. I was like, damn, what should I go by? So I used to be Fat So Gambino. It was a play off of the childish Gambino. And I think um Soto called himself something. 
something along those lines. So um, Juan Soto. So I kind of got in that thing. I was like, I'm going to do Faso Gambino. And then I was like, what's the one nickname that is stuck with me or that is that I always remember? I was like, Lando Calrissian. So that's how the Faso Calrissian came about. My my backstory for my IG handle ain't that cool. So <laughs> <laughs> my hey. my backstory is just I'm an Otis Redding fan. That's one of my favorite songs. So <laughs> Mr. Hard to Handle, that's it. That it was everything all across the board at one time. All right, Paul. So you Jacksonville guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's jump into some of that. I mean, we were talking in the pre-show. So like now with Jacksonville always doing a lot of stuff in London, is there a feeling in the city that you're going to lose the team or you just think you're going to lose games every, every year because they're pretty much dedicated to being in London for two weeks. Um, yeah. I'm not worried about the team going anywhere. They uh, they're, they've been pretty transparent about it. They sacrifice a home game every year. And the reason for it is for a lot of years. And, you know, the truth is, is North Florida rabid football fans, rabid football fans. You come down to the Florida Georgia game here, played in Jacksonville right. every year. That's that's those tickets go for two, three, four times what Jags tickets go for. Um the problem is they haven't had a winner since Mark Brunel was here. Um so they went through a bunch of bad quarterbacks. They went through the Byron experiment. They went through, you know, David Garrard, Jack Del Rio. They went through four years of Gus losing his coach in the NFL, won five games, three games, four games, two games. You let this guy stick in the building for four years, stinking it up. Then you replace him with Doug Marone, who's, you know, greatest, you know, he was a, he was a lunch pail guy so much that like the thing he was famous for was like, Oh, he likes bologna sandwiches. I like wins is what I like. Um, And uh, then they, you know, commit the sin of all sins is they hire urban urban Meyer friggin' deal with the devil. I knew that was a horrible decision. Day one at my work office, I had a little urbanometer. And I had a little needle and, and it never went up from skeptical except one time. It went to skills still skeptical when we beat Buffalo nine to six in a horrible, ugly game. Um, I knew Urban was going to be a disaster. I wanted Robert Sala at the time. And uh, now we finally have a head coach who's proven. Uh, Super Bowl win head coach got, you know, they got a statue for him in the state in, in, in the city of Burley Love that they, uh, you know, seemed to forgot right about. They fired him through, drove him out of town like two, three years later. Uh, and then we got a franchise quarterback that I really believe in that, thank God, he survived the urban years. Um, but the problem is, the truth is, is way back in the day, back when they were doing blackouts, when you didn't sell out Jacksonville, it's a it's a big city, but it's a small town. It's a city, but it thinks it's a beach town. Like I lived in D.C. Uh, you know, I know how crazy people are about the Redskins. Jacksonville's just not that city. I mean, you could run into players, grocery store, restaurant, Toys R Us. You could run into all over. It's just like, oh, yeah, how's it going? Super chill, laid back experience. Um, but like I was, you know, to the original question, yeah, we give a game up every year because we weren't selling the stadium out for a long time. And the revenue that we get just from that was making up like 15, you know, 18% of our budget. You know, two we had two games this year, but this, the second game was an away game. So that was a Buffalo home game. So we only uh, we only lose one home game for that. But I mean, the truth is, is like every once in a while I hear people talking about, you know, oh, you guys are moving. And you know what? First, it was you're moving to L.A. 
You know how many teams have moved since since that? You got St. Louis moved. You got Oakland moved. You know, and even back then, you know, people were talking to you know. There's a lot of teams that have moved, and I mean that's how it's been since day one. Jacksonville's long been disrespected. When they first got the franchise, it was don't forget it was 30 days after Carolina was announced as number 31. And who was coming for it? Baltimore, who wanted their team back. And St. Louis, who wanted their team back. They eventually got L.A. to move back. But nobody wanted Jacksonville. We've been the dark horse, the underdog since, since day one. We were disrespected from day one. We finally came out. We shut the Broncos up uh, early on. And, and then we went dormant for <laughs> 15 years, <laughs> 20 years. You know, that's so- pretty much that's the way it's been, but but I don't think we're going anywhere. Shad Khan's talking about building a new stadium. It's going to be like SoFi. He's building uh, four seasons right across the street that he's going to own. He just built massive Miller Electric Center uh, practice facility, which is insane looking. Go check. I'll send you links. He's okay. like, we're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. So just to follow up, you mentioned Jack Del Rio, um, mm. a name that is, um, let's just say it's in the comments a lot um, for this team. What was your impression of Jack? What are your thoughts on Jack? Because he was your head coach for like a stretch, right? Oh, yeah. He was a head coach for a while. Um, Jack is the same guy he's been. Jack is literally the same guy he's been for 20 years. Um, his scheme has not really evolved. His personality has definitely not evolved. I do not feel like even though he's a former player, I do not feel like he is a um, player's coach. Um, I don't feel like there, I I don't feel like there are players that will run through walls for former players. Like, like I'll tell you who scares me right now, D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans was a phenomenal player. I feel like he's going to be a phenomenal coach. I hated that our division rivals, I feel stole the draft. That's a coach you're going to play for. I don't feel like there's, I mean, as big as your front four is, I expect more. I feel like Jack Delry has got the same exposed holes and defenses. And if you've got a team that matches up a certain way, you'll, you'll do fine. Um, and I think the same, you know, Jack Del Rio's defense is very, very predicated on the players that are in the scheme, making the plays. And if you don't have that talent at those positions, it gets exposed. I mean, we were talking before we went on, I said, you know, I said, you know, I don't think Jim Schwartz is the most likable per, uh, coach, but his scheme works and he evolves and he's able to mix and match. and He's able to get results. I don't think he's a great head coach. I think he's a good defensive coordinator. I don't think Jack Del Rio is a great defensive coordinator. I think that Ron Rivera should have let him go uh, this offseason and, and replace him with somebody else. I feel like Washington would be in a much better place because I do like uh, the enemy. I just feel like your defense is – is I don't feel like you're getting the best out of your defense. Okay. KG, you got something else before we wrap this up? I think he had to step away. So mm-hmm. – um Talked about Del Rio. We talked about Jacksonville. You're a hockey guy. Yeah. So what's your thoughts on this upcoming season? I know you saw Matt last week give us yep. a quick preview. Um, are you still a Panthers guy? I'm a Panthers fan. And that's, I mean, that's brutal. I mean, I was a Panthers fan back in the year of the rat when they, when they first got a franchise and they, they did some exciting things with, you know, Van Breesbrook and Scott Mellonby and those guys. Um, and truthfully, I've always loved hockey. Uh, living in Jacksonville, you don't get as much of it unless you really look for it. Um, but uh, certainly always kept tabs on on my Panthers. And when, you know, the past few years, I started making moves that I was really starting to like. Um, definitely started seeing things start to turn. Um, 
really hopeful that they'll have a good run this year. I think they've got a good team. Uh, I think Bobrovsky and the whole experience, I think Kachuk, I think they've got a, a good team. But truth of the matter is, is we play in a tough division. You've got, you know, we've got we've got some tough teams that, are, that have always kind of taken our lunch money. And, and until we can consistently beat those teams, I'm always going to feel like, you know, yeah, there's a chance. But, you know, that, that's what kind of gets you excited, which is why I was so excited that they made it to the to the finals this year, because between Carolina or Tampa Bay, it's it's those two teams that have just always just kind of taken our lunch money one way or another or just ended our seasons. And, um, you know, the fact that we were able to get a little bit over that hump this year um, gives me hope. But, you know, anything can happen. We just got to finish in, in the top. You get to the playoffs and then, you know, teams get hot. It's a, it's a war of attrition. It's I mean, it's the toughest trophy to win for a reason. Um, it's it's get a it's hot goalie. It's a beautiful game, uh, but I mean, you, you need so much going for your for your team, and um, you know sometimes you're a team of destiny, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll be that this year or, or some year soon. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. All right, I'm, and excited, then, I'm excited that it's back. How's that? I'm excited it's back. That's perfect, man. That's perfect. So let me ask you this one too, um, FSU. You kind of got guys have gone through uh, some lean years, and kind of like looks like you're coming back, uh, Jordan Travis is a guy that's on my radar because, as you know, I do a QB top five list. Yep. Uh, I was going to see some changes this week. But what are your thoughts on Travis? And then before you even go further than that, just overall that team, what do you think your options are, your opportunity is? Well, first off, um, I really felt like we were hurt with Bobby uh, those end years because I feel like recruiting was like, just going against his age and how long is he going to be there? Um, Jimbo, I think came in, did some good things, obviously. I mean, he had that one kind of everything just fit together with Jameis that one year. Um, But Jimbo's a snake. Um, He didn't, he didn't really leave that team in great shape. He ignored the offensive line for a real long time. And then he, you know, saddled, um, you know, he saddled, uh, you know, uh, Willie Taggart with uh, some rough, some rough squads. Uh, a lot of people don't remember Odell Higgins came in, been there with the program for ever. Um, but uh, Mike Norvell is definitely the right guy. Um, I, I knew it would take time. Uh, and Jordan Travis, truthfully, I, I think he's had the baptism of fire. He's he's gone through some rough years. He's been booed. He's been called everything under you know under the sun and. Um, he's finally putting it together. He's one of those players that each year he keeps ascending a little bit more. Um, and I think we absolutely won the portal this year. Uh, the portal players that we brought in. Just, That's Keon you know, Coleman. Right? Stars. Just stars. Oh, yeah, stars everywhere. Um, and then, you know, we got, you know, we've got a culture. I mean, that's the thing that we haven't had in a long time since Bobby is we've got a culture, which is why we were able to keep Verse at, uh, at uh, the end. Uh, because he wants to be that top three, top five pick in the draft this year, and he wants to win a championship. And, you know, we got a shot. Georgia looks like Georgia, um, but they they were not looking great a couple weeks ago. And, you know, the SEC, the teams that they play, it's, it's, it's you know, I don't want to say it's a soft schedule because it's the SEC, but I feel like Georgia's going to cakewalk into the into the playoffs. Um, and, and, that, and that's the team to beat. Let's just say the SEC is the where it seems like offense goes to die. Um, like unless you have that 
elite quarterback that you prop up the offense on. I mean, let's think about it. I mean, Georgia decided to hold his team back by starting Jake Fromm over Justin Fields. So that was their big mistake. Uh, you had Tua in front of I – mean, I'm sorry, Hurts in front of Tua. Once you saw that Tua was the better quarterback, it took a minute. Uh, look at Bo Nix. Bo mm-hmm. Nix is another situation where at Auburn he couldn't he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn, and now all of a sudden he looks like a dynamic quarterback. So, and I I I've fought the to liking Bo Nix because I remember seeing Bo Nix play god awful. So I don't know what it is. Um, I don't even know where to put Bo Nix in respect to like the top QBs in the country right now. Yeah, I hear you. But, you know, like I said, I mean, I'm just glad we've got a, a system now where there is a playoff. I feel like FSU definitely – they've got a couple big games coming up after after what Miami did. I don't know. I don't I, – I feel like they're I, – I mean, I feel like obviously we should we should, we should should beat Miami, but, you know, those, those no, old – Miami going to be – Those old scars. Those old scars won't, won't, <laughs> won't, you know, just go away. I still remember the day uh, – the day I got married was uh, – you were there. I remember you dancing with my mother-in-law. I thought you might end up taking her home, but well, that was a that was a that was a Miami FSU loss. That was a Miami uh, a loss. I was with another kick that went that went just to the side, and uh, you know that's the way that's the way it went. But I, it was it was a fabulous day otherwise. And I think we got some comments. KG, you got some comments for me. So Ross comes in late. Or comes in with what's up, guys? Go ahead. Next one. Ah, Matt Catlin. New, New stadium, stadium in Yes. Uh the current stadium TIA Bank. Oh, I'm sorry. Now it's back to Everbank, aka Trevor Bank. Uh it is built on the bones of the old Gator Bowl. Uh, and they have just released uh, plans for a new stadium, which is gonna be it's like I'm telling you, just look at it. It's if you look at that SoFi Stadium in, in LA. It's going to be one of those state of the art. Looks like uh, just a big, you know, spaceship type stadium. Uh, the problem is, is the price is going to be a billion. You know, who cares what's what's a billion? Right. Uh, and they want the city to pay, but um, thanks to this lovely trip to London, where many members of our uh, local city uh, went on a on a goodwill mission, and we are trying to get a direct flight from London to Jacksonville for all of those. Uh, UK Jags fans. Um, but Donna Deegan, our new mayor, love her, love her dearly. She's great. She's been a, a, a cornerstone for the community for decades. Um, she has indicated that she's on board with uh, helping with the funding, what that will look like. I'm sure there'll be some negotiations, but absolutely. We're going to get a new stadium. Uh, and what's going to end up happening is, is we're going to have to play for at least a year, probably to somewhere else. Um, the closest options are Gainesville which has its ups and downs Orlando, which I'm dreading if that happens because I fear AstroTurf. Uh, and the option that I think is ultimately going to end up happening is Daytona, that they're going to put a football field on uh, the middle of the track at Daytona's uh, the Daytona 500 uh, speedway. And I think that's where we're going to end up playing football for a year or two, but we'll see how it all shakes out. So you think they're going basically back on top of the old Gator bowl to build a new facility? I think that I think they may have to do some of that. And I think some of it they're going to, you know, redo. I don't know. I mean, I've seen, I've just seen the plans and they look incredible. I mean, you think of, you think of anything a state of the art stadium should have. I'll be honest with you. I was at the Kansas city game a couple weeks ago 
north end zone, September. They told me prepare for rain. It was hot. I almost got heat stroke. I mean, I like those September games in Jacksonville, no joke. My very first game in Jacksonville was 2005, uh, Jacksonville hosting Seattle, Sean Alexander, Matt Hasselbeck. I remember that entire bench had like literally assistants holding, like creating shade because it's just too dang hot. And there are fans. I went into the tunnels and, you know, the fourth quarter, I'm like, man, I don't know. I think I need some shade. Uh, I don't know that I want to spend, you know, $9 on a bottle of water, but there's like literally like, uh, you know, the, the fire department treated uh, well over like 200 people, I think, that day for heat related or some sort of, you know, issues. So we definitely need need a stadium that's got, you know, retractable roof. Um, and I, I mean, this thing's got all the bells and whistles. So uh, it's coming. I'm excited. Um, can't wait for it to get here. Oh, look at that. I think that was something you said earlier. I forgot exactly where. We were talking about like, FSU. I saw it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Know. I know. I'm there. Then Tampa and Nashville, five goals in this third period. Good, great first game. Oh, Actually, yeah. I, I, think, I think I said it because I did a um, hockey preview for another show. Um, my boys at All In Sports. Um, I think I like the way they set this up because they brought it boom, boom, boom. So you started with the Predators in Tampa Bay. Um, you get uh, Forsberg and company there. You get Bedard in the middle with, against Crosby in the middle game. And then you get the banner being raised at the end of the night. Um, looks like BJ jumps in, says culture is huge. Oh, yeah. uh, that's only a fact. I mean, I say that all the time. I talk about, um, when I talk about the commanders, I talk about culture and identity. You gotta have one, you gotta have both of those for everything. Oh, let me tell you in Jacksonville, our culture has been like, like toilet water, like literally toilet water for years. You had, Draft after draft, that was just bust, bust, bust. Um, you couldn't win. You couldn't, you know, you'd have a decent season, and then you just follow it up with a dud. Um, That's a draft. I mean, but, but I mean, you had poor drafts, poor coaching, toxic front office. Nobody can get anything right. And then you've got in one year, and this is like the miracle of miracles. Trent Balky, who I think still, I think he still has ignored the pass rush situation. Um, I feel like there are some free agents we could have targeted. He didn't want to do that. Uh, the big thing that is a concern right now is, you know, it's year two. Yes, I'm, I, I do like Trevon Walker as a as a player. I feel like he fits well in Mike Caldwell's scheme. I feel like he definitely um, d- defends the run very well. He can do a lot in, from a pass rush. I feel like he needs more tools in his belt. Um, he had four pressures this week on Josh Allen, which tied for the team lead. Um, but you know, his entire career is going to be based off of what Aiden Hutchinson does. Aiden Hutchinson's right. looking like a baller right now. We would have had Aiden Hutchinson on the other side of Josh Allen. I'd feel significantly better about where, where my team is. Um, and I feel like that the fact that Trent Balky, the entire fan base wanted him fired. The entire fan base lit I was at that clown game against the Colts where all they needed to do was win. And they'd be in the playoffs, and we we smoked them with this trash team. Whole bunch of fans dress up like clowns because they didn't like Trent Balky. Shad Khan, who has been loyal to a fault, especially with Gus Bradley, says, "I'm sticking with Trent. I'm bringing in Doug, even though Trent 
let's not forget signed off on Urban Meyer, which was such a train wreck. And I saw it come from a mile away. And I feel like Trent will always protect his own skin. The fact that Doug Peterson comes in and Doug Peterson comes in in such a way and gets his team and tells his team, this is what we're going to do. And the players believe in it because of what he did in Philly. I didn't believe that the culture could be turned around that quickly in Jacksonville. I knew it was going to take time in Tallahassee. In Jacksonville, in one year, he turned that culture around. I'm well, telling you, that, that second half of the year last year was magic. Magic. But that, turned, that turned on the in, on that game in London. Whatever game, yeah. I forgot the game you played in London, but you played a game in London last year, and yep. I think you pulled that out late, and then that became the cat- catalyst for your run down the stretch. And it doesn't hurt when you have a franchise quarterback. When you got Sunshine playing QB for you, it's a beautiful thing. And then you have the, the the necessary things on the outside. And I think you could upgrade that receiver, but you got Calvin Ridley, who was the upgrade. And I think that's the thing that you, that's what you're reaping the benefit of right now. I think the uh, the problem that we have as a fan base is we saw that that turnaround, like you're saying, from the London game last year. I was at that Tennessee game to win the championship. And it was the ultimate like, oh, this is such a Jaguars moment. They had the towels because, uh, you know, uh, Andrew Wingard had that comment. It was always the Jags. After the Tennessee game, the first Tennessee game in their backyard where we beat them, um, they, you know, Andrew Wingard says to the cameras, it was always the Jags. So what they do is they made it into a big marketing thing locally. They print up these towels. It was always the Jags. And we're playing against Josh Dobbs as the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. And we're just playing an awful game awful game and there's like stereotypical Tennessee fan sitting right in front of me in the north end zone looks like everything you would think a Tennessee fan looks like and I know he's got this it was always the Jags you know towel in his hand thinking I'm going to bring this back to Nashville as, as, as a souvenir because they were so cocky and then we whooped them and then we won the division and I said to myself we're going to lose this game and I still remember that strip sack fumble return like I was, I was having like heart palpitations because it was so late. And then when it happened, I was like, Oh my God, it happened. Then the following week to have that week where God bless those fans, every one of us, not one of us left the stadium. Maybe, maybe one of us left the stadium after Trevor threw four picks. Then we came back and were rewarded with that playoff win. Epic, epic. So we think it's going to carry over. It's going to carry over. What happens? We go to, we go to Indy play a sloppy game get behind, have to come back from behind. And I say, okay, it's week one. Week two, you get Kansas City in your backyard. Kansas City, who we played, that's the third time we played them in like 10 games. And you know what it is. You know who they are. You want to be the guy, you got to beat the guy. Defense did their job. holding the 17 points. You will Pat Mahomes to 17 points with Kelsey on the field at home. And we're kicking field goals. Looks so horrible feel like we were forcing plays to Jamal Agnew, who's a great kick returner. Can't forget that he's fumbled the ball in huge games and cost us games. Hey, he cost you uh, the playoff game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't forget it. Can't forget it. He's what cost us that Kansas City. Well, I don't say he's what cost us. But, but his that, play that ended it. Um, so, you know, feels like we're forcing plays. Okay. Got a get-right game coming up. You know, it, it stinks that we lost to Kansas City. But you know what? You played him tough. Got a get-right game with Houston, except it was a get-right game for Houston. Houston looked unstoppable. 
I actually picked Houston to win that game. I think Houston's – so I saw the week before I, – I tell everybody I watched the NFL matchup show. When I saw the matchup show and I saw a couple things that they were doing and I saw Stroud in the pocket because I watched that and I watched Baldy NFL on Instagram, I knew that they were going to give y'all problems. And, and I, I think they, they should have won last week against Atlanta. They just got in their own way. But I think Houston's going to be that one team that's going to get you – get you give you troubles the whole rest of the year because it'll be better than you think they are because of the defense. So it looks like Jeff Neal says play all year in London. Did we you can't work- do that? The Bills fans will complain too much. Did you work for Jeff? Uh, I think once upon a time. Once upon a time we worked. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure. Yeah. I don't remember if y'all crossed back. I remember going to Caps games and going to other places before Caps games. Right. Um, exactly. <laughs> um Ross jumps in. He says I was agreeing with Duval, that's you, on oh. his assessment of Jack Del Rio. Oh, yeah. Del Rio, yeah, Del Rio does not motivate anybody. I think the thing that was uh, – I don't want to get – I don't want to get – I don't want to get political, but let's just say when he was here in, in Jacksonville, I remember kind of making this face when I heard that he – when he was going to a Sarah Palin event. I was like, really, Jack? Enough said. Enough said. <laughs> um, and then Matt says – um, Bedard and Crosby take the opening draw. Crosby wins it. But, yo, I'm telling you right now, um, <laughs> this has been crazy. I'm actually surprised that we, we didn't go an hour the, between the two of us just because of um, just what we do. Mm-hmm. So, P, I'm going to give you the option. You can stick with us the rest of the ride, or if you want to just – Tap out and just watch the show. You can do the, do what you want to do. No you man, I'll, I'll hang. I'll hang. I'll see. What you, I'll see where All you right. go. I mean, we didn't. We didn't even. I, I thought for sure we were going to get to some other stuff, but that's okay. I got it. Well, I got oh, it. Well, we, I mean, we go ahead because I know what you want to go to. So go ahead. What, go what's, to that? Go. what's that? Because you teed it up. I thought you. I thought you were going to talk about your, your your. I teed it. Up. I thought. See, Scott normally is in the comments, so Scott mm. would have automatically teed it up. So let's just go ahead and tell everybody before we get to the NFL Week Five recap. The Regis and Kathy Lee story. Oh, the Regis and Kathy Lee story. Okay. So, uh, moved from D.C. Uh, to Jacksonville when my wife got pregnant. Wife had the baby, baby who is now almost 18. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, as uh, many stay-at-home moms do, she was watching. She, she just got hooked on whatever local morning TV there is. And one of them was uh, live with Regis and Kelly. And one of the things they had was a, a recipe challenge show, whatever it may be. So my wife uh, ended up getting on uh, with a recipe called Chicken Ben Conti, named for the Midnight Rider. And uh, it was judged by uh, the uh, Iron Chef, what's his name, Morimoto? Yeah. Uh, Emerald Lagasse. Uh, it should have been uh, Todd English, but he ended up leaving, so it was Gelman. And then it was uh, Regis and, and Kelly, and they made and they ate a dish. Emerald told my wife she should have won, um, but she came in second place. Uh, if you want to see the video, if you just go to YouTube and search live with Regis and Natty, N-A-T-T-Y, you will see the recipe and a picture of Ben in his uh, – one of his many uh, dent, uh, jerseys. He used to make jerseys that all said Conti on the back of them, and it was just every team. And this one, I think, was a Denver Broncos jersey. He's going. And, uh, so, so you know where that's from, right? Yes, I do. That was uh, taken from our trip to uh, the, the Kingdom. Kingdom, 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 Kingdom
King's Dominion. That's just and that's where I learned that uh, the Midnight Rider definitely does not like roller coasters. Yes, sir. He 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 showed me many birds. Yeah. <laughs> and the backstory to even that was your wife made the dish because mm-hmm. I think I was a you the were guest, guest of the night. You were guest um, of the night. We had too many tomatoes, and she's like, "Oh, I'll whip this together." Hey Ben, do you like this? Hey Ben, do you like that? And it's a very involved dish, and uh, it was delicious. And uh, if you and somehow misnamed it, it became Chicken Ben Conti. That's how she called oh. it. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was in steady rotation for a very long time. Yes, indeed. All right, so let's get to this NFL Week Five match um, recap. Um, so we picked every week. You've seen the show. We picked games. So we started this week with the Ravens and the Steelers. Um, Steelers somehow pulled his ball game out. Still don't know how that happened. Um, but we got a saying that the Ravens be ravening. And I think this is the perfect example of it. They leave teams in ball games, and then all of a sudden um, they lose. And it looks like everybody on the, on the thing picked the Ravens. So we all lost. And then um, the four-and-a-half goal was out the window. I think the only thing we all hit was the under because we said the under. You got any thoughts on that um, Ravens-Steelers game, Paul? Uh, I feel like uh, Pittsburgh have a, have a little bit of an underrated defense. Uh, I feel like the Ravens have no receivers. They got no hands. I mean, I feel like uh, Lamar threw enough catchable balls that were dropped. Um, you know, it's it's always tough. That I mean, those teams always play each other tough. They don't. They don't. They don't. I mean, you could have one team as ten win team, another team a two win team. Those teams are going to be you know a one score right. game. That's just how they are. They always play each other exactly. tough. Exactly. Uh, the next game up, we did the Eagles versus the Rams. Uh, looks like uh, the Eagles won. Uh, the Rams didn't cover, if memory serves me right, because it was four and a half. And they definitely didn't hit the over. Because I think that was a 23-14 ball game or something like that. So any thoughts, P, on um, Eagles-Rams? If you don't, it's all good. I think, I think I think Philly's Super Bowl or bust this year. Uh, I mean, Rams have got Cooper Cup back. They got Puka Nakua. Uh, Matt Stafford's playing some good football, but I mean, you look you look at Philly up front on both sides of the ball. They're stout. They're just stout. But the, but the crazy thing is, they're not third or fourth rounders. This is first or second round guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, even yeah. the game they lost early in this and against um us, um Fungins or Fungin, um he's the only one that's out. And it's just crazy how this team just goes and plays. Um, you got Jalen Carter, who looks like a, a nightmare. Him really? the last the last four games of the season, I feel sorry for anybody that plays Philly going into the playoffs. Cause cause last week. He said something on the plane where he watched Stafford and timed up his drops and his time to throw. And when he did it, he learned he knew that he had to get there quicker to the quarterback. And I think he ended up with two sacks last week. So just that whole mentality is amazing. Um, that's crazy. Uh, TJ yeah. Watt. Oh, yeah. Court. And Monster. then the best one is with Matt says, let a Tomlin team hang around, and he finds a way to win. And, and, and it's, it's crazy that this is a guy that probably in Pittsburgh, they're ready to run him out of town. 
but anywhere else would love to have a guy that's never had a losing season. So that, that shows you the dynamics of these cities. They got high um, expectations when they got the thumb. Right, right, exactly. You're spoiled, man. Just give me one. Just give me one. (laughs) Hey, next up, we got um, KC in Minnesota. Uh, KC won, of course. Um, It was larger than Minnesota could have had that game. Well, there was that. um, So there's the conspiracy theorist that posts every week when it looks like an NFL game goes shady. And there's the pass that goes into the end zone on that last drive where the pass interference gets overturned because they said the ball got tipped, but the ball was never tipped. So, so everybody's like calling shenanigans on that. Um, if it's the same game, I think I, I saw it. Pretty sure I saw a tip. <laughs> if it's that well, same this, game. Well, in the replay, the, when the guy shows the replay, the guy hits the arm of the quarterback. He doesn't hit the um, He doesn't hit the football. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, if it was replayed, I mean, I, I don't think that the refs are cooking it for KC. I mean, I'll be honest with you. We should have had them. We should have had them week two. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, I mean, with with, uh, you know, our, our our turncoat lining up, you know, six, you know, six feet off the off the line of scrimmage at, at right tackle. You know, we should we should have had them. Um, but, you know, I thought that was a winnable game. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins, you know, I know obviously you guys know him well. I feel like he's a very capable quarterback. I mean, so so he's. I think he's one of those quarterbacks that the narrative has been written. So now all you get is the narrative. You know, he can't win big games. But then if you take Kirk Cousins' like career and put it in a nutshell, and you see all the times that he's led his team on a fourth quarter comeback, and then the defense gives it up in the last two minutes, is that really a Kirk issue, or is that really the defense issue? Yeah, you know? I feel like you know. I feel like I feel like that you know. I feel like there were a number of opportunities that were left on the, on the field for that game. I think Minnesota's kind of kicking themselves, but I mean, I feel like that's been Minnesota's season thus far. I feel well, like you know, at this the, point, they're, they're playing spoiler right now. I mean, they just want to they just want to make somebody unhappy to get that taste out of their mouth. Yeah, and then it's karma because they won all those games last season by one by one score or less. And now Karma's coming back looking for his, his pay. Um, the next game we covered was Falcons and the Texans. Um, Falcons steal this ball game. Uh, Bajan Robinson looks dynamic and great, and I'm scared for this weekend when we play them. But the Texans left a lot of they left a lot of meat on the bone, man. And, and and I think this team, this is one of those games where if they look back and they're short of the playoffs, this is one of those games that they're gonna kick themselves for losing because they just weren't ready yet for the moment. Like, they know they can win. They think they can win. They don't have that mode where they know they can win the ball game like this. Yeah, I feel like this is uh, the first week in, in a while they've actually that Atlanta's actually got Kyle Pitts involved in, in the game plan. I feel like that helped them. I know there's a lot of Atlanta fans that um, kind of bemoan how Kyle Pitts has been used thus far. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah. but you said it. Bijan is – I mean, he's the real deal that – behind the back show pass yeah, was insane. Um, and, you know, Drake London, I think he's, he's also a, you know, a young buck coming up. Um, I think they're still a, a year or two away, a couple players away. Um, but they're they're I mean, they, they gave us a, a plenty of fight when we, when we took him in London. Um, you know, so, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously glad Houston lost. I, ho- I hope they lose some more. I mean, this is a, this is Mike Smith. I mean, he likes to run the ball more than doing anything else. You know, he got himself John New Smith back because he's probably one of the only other people that believes in John New 
um, as a lead tight end. And then Cal mm-hmm. Pitts is just there just as shiny jewelry. I mean, I don't know what he's going to do in this process. Um, yeah. And I think Desmond Ritter showed a little something, but I think Desmond Ritter has held this team hostage. And I don't know if going to Haneke is the answer for them, but that's really what they're stuck with. I, I like Heineke uh, just because I've got some friends here that are, that are Washington fans and they kind of turn me on to him. Obviously, I, you know, I feel like he's done some things. He's capable, kind of like I know you got, right. you know, you showed a little love to Minshew recently. Uh, as far as backup goes, I feel like he's one of the better ones. Uh, would he be better than Ritter? Potentially, but, you know, as, as an owner and a head coach, are you going to, you got, you got, you know, you got to let him, you got to let the, the new young, young gun, you know, wet the bed sometime and, they're letting Desmond Ritter do that, and maybe he comes out of it. Maybe he doesn't. Um, you know, Troy Aikman had a real horrible first year. Right, right. Aikman and um, Peyton. Um, the next game we had on our docket, Giants and the Dolphins. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you say about that one. Um, the Dolphins brought out the USA 4 by 100 team and um, took them behind the woodshed and just beat them. I mean – I don't know how you're 10 points down and the defensive call is let's go one-on-one on Tyreek Hill. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you call that. Um, but that's what happened. And the Giants got beat. I mean, Tua did not look for anything else. It was like the second he saw that um, he couldn't get to his, the end of his drop fast enough to throw the ball over to Tyreek Hill. Um, and that kid, Devin Ashane, I know he's out maybe out for a couple of weeks with a knee injury, but I mean, when he gets going, it's, 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 if you, if, if y'all even, we leave him, if you in front of me, I'm leaving. It's, it's crazy. The speed he has. So let's just say it. Jimbo was not using him. Jimbo did not know how to use that shiny toy, but, but all right. So let's go to that. Texas a and Jimbo doesn't know, know how to use any of the toys he had. Like it was, it was the, the anti toy story. Version of this thing. He put a lock on it and held him hostage. But you know what? I think. I think honestly, I think the Giants. Uh, I think they blinked when right. uh, Daniel Jones was up for contract, um, and uh, I think they're saddled with that deal for the next two years. Be and he does not look like remotely the guy. I feel like Dable uh, uh, works some some magic with him right at the right time and since then i feel like i feel like washington hopefully i really hope you guys sweep them i really do so so you they that's another one of those magic carpet rides they stole week one against tennessee because they were down one they went for two they got the two tennessee couldn't come back and score uh and then they were another team like minnesota that won a bunch of these one score ball games at the end of the game, and that's how they got their thing. And, and I picked them to win less than seven and a half ball games because I don't believe in them. Um, to finish out this beautiful week, the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody, oh, well, BJ didn't hit because he took the Cowboys, but everybody else did. Um, I think I thought Dallas was going to cover, they didn't, but I think we. Well, we definitely hit the over because the over was 45. So, yeah. Go ahead, KG. I called it. That's all I wanted to say. I called it. <laughs> so, he came back in the globe. Uh, yeah, because that's what I, I told you. I was going to be kind of quiet anyway. But 
I said it before. I'll say it again. To Dallas Cowboys, you haven't arrived yet. You think you have, but you haven't. You have not arrived. You 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 run around and you know you want to thump your chest. We them boys, Super Bowl, Dak this and Dak that. You were cussing Dak up and down the field last uh, Sunday night. I want to hear that. But the 49ers, pretty daggone good team. But I say to the 49ers as well, the same thing I said last year. You haven't arrived yet. Beat Philly in the postseason, then we'll talk about you arriving. Totally, totally agree with you, man. And that's that's the the the, the recap for week five. That somebody called week six, but we ain't gonna talk about that. I, I messed that all the way up. <laughs> that was funny because I didn't notice it until because I didn't I didn't see the the graphics until I watched the replay. Yeah, so, so if you had never said anything, I would have never known. I, I just I made it look bad. That's my fault, you know. Things happen. Great. Looks great. Uh-oh. I can tell you. Uh, I can tell you. Even though uh, I'm, I'm obviously a Jags fan, um, Cowboys have long been my least favorite team in the NFL. I hate um, the entire moniker "America's Team." Um, Jacksonville came into the NFL in 1995. That is the last time that Dallas has been them boys. Um, so you got a bunch of people, uh, you know, wearing skids, living in the past, uh, thinking that um, that's who they are. Uh, the only thing that's changed about the Cowboys since the '90s is they traded Ed Werder out for, uh, uh, you know, what's her name, Jane Slater. Right. That's the only thing that's changed about Dallas. Ed Werder was living on a cot in Irving, Texas, for about 15 years, and he probably had a he probably had a hotel room paid by Jerry. But yeah, they they uh, that defense looks good. Obviously, they took the big hit at. Uh, losing their corner for the year. Um, you know, uh, Michael Parsons said, uh, said some big things saying, Hey, you know, laugh now and, and pay later so much. He pretty much said, Hey, look, it's one game. Michael Parsons is ready for that postseason rematch against uh, San Francisco. I think we're all ready for it. Uh, I'd love well, to see that game. The problem is again, Leighton Vander Esch is out with an injury and another neck injury. I don't know how this kid, I mean, I don't know how this kid can say he wants to play football again. This is like the third year with something around his neck. I don't know if, if a doctor should let him even be sanctioned to play again. Uh, that type of thing. That's crazy. But I mean, that's how some players play. I mean, we just lost, lost Dick Buckus at 80. That's how All he right. played. Uh, Matt Milano just went out in the game in, in London. And All that's right. how he plays. Matt Milano has been, I mean, he's a missile. He's one of those right. players. He's just like I, I'm. Just, you know, he sacrifices his body. Unfortunately, he just took a weird twist and on a weird play. Um, but some players just play that way. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. KG, you ready? Yes, sir. I need my thing. It's yes, sir. You <laughs> just made the list. That's right. It is the Midnight Rider top five. College QB list. There are some surprises this week. KG, you will be the first person surprised by the honorable mention. This week's honorable mention played in the Red River Classic through three interceptions. He has gone from number one now to off the list for right now. And that's my man, Quinn Ewers from the University of Texas. But when we get to the postseason, 
he'll be back in the top three. And I'll tell you that later on. But at number five from LSU, I did I said I wasn't going to do this, but the kid's been impressed the last couple of weeks. Jaden Daniels. You just made the list, Jaden Daniels. You made the list. At number four, who was also in that red river rivalry game out of Oklahoma, all of four foot eight. <laughs> Dylan Gabriel, you just made the list. At number three, one of the most impressive guys of this season, uh, third in passing yards, probably first in touchdowns, plays for the University of Washington, Michael Penix. You just made the list. At number two, he was part of the Louis bag. He was part of the luggage that Dion brought with him to Colorado. His name is Shador Sanders. He's number two on the list. So he just made the list. And that number one from USC, the man, the myth, the legend, the man that says he can go back to college and live life because he don't have to go to the draft. Caleb Williams, you just made the list. And the quick recap. At number one, Caleb Williams. Number two, Shador Sanders. Three, Michael Penix Jr. Four, Dylan Gabriel. Five, Jaden Daniels. And the honorable mention is my guy, Quinn Ewers. Back to you, KG. Excuse me. That's a, that, that's a hell of a list, man. Yeah, I'm surprised. And, you know, a name that I'm surprised you haven't added on that list after, what are we in, week six, week seven? of mm-hmm. Well, I'm surprised uh, Sam Hartman didn't make your list. Because Sam Hartman is not elite. He's, he's a fifth-year guy. I get tired of Notre Dame doing this. I'm tired of us doing this. He's not Jack Cone, but he's not that much better. I get tired of this. We bring in a guy. He's a fifth-year guy. We're not building anything. Coach S. Curl keeps bringing in these stragglers. We need somebody that's going to be in the program more than a year. I swear to God, I just can't do this. I'm tired of this. Last year, I had to watch Tyler Buchner and Drew Pine play quarterback. What are we doing here? And then I had to listen to, who was it? One year I had Tony Dungy. Another year I had, like, Jason Garrett. Like, I can't I can't stomach these broadcasts with them playing like this and, and putting these quarterbacks in front of me. That's that's just how I feel. Well, that's because we don't, we don't have Jim Gray and all those guys from the 90s, the 80s. I don't and the need 90s. Jim Gray. I, 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 give me Mike Tirico and just give me a, a – a, a, I know BJ is going to say something in the comments. I'm waiting for that. But give me Tariko and just give me somebody that can just at least have some modicum of emotion. That's all I need. Just how somebody to have a pulse. I don't need Al Michaels it. back. Just have a pulse. <laughs> how about I give you Al Michaels back? No, give me Mike Mayock. That's what I want. I want to hear about all he hits. I want to hear about uh I want to hear about uh bubble butts. That's what I want to hear. Michael Mayock. That is the guy. Funny thing, funny, funny thing. I was talking to my wife. We watched Sunday Night Football. Uh-huh. And I was telling her about Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth. It's like a lot of people don't like one or the other. Some people don't like both. I said, but I, I'm a, I'm an Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth fan. She was like, well, Chris Collinsworth looked like he just, he looked like he just bored the hell out of you. Mike Tirico looked like he just looking for a pat on the head. I was like, damn. She's like, yeah, I don't have a horse in the game. I said, but Al Michaels. She's like, what's so special Al Michaels? I said, the, the way he gets excited, people don't like it. Like, 
if he was calling the Notre Dame game, he would be like, Sam Harvick goes deep on the road. <laughs> he said, it's, it's no way in four hells that a man should be calling a football game and sound like he's either taking a shit or coming. <laughs> I said, damn, I never thought about it like that. She said, yeah, because you, you, you're biased because they did Madden 10. You played it for so long. You loved them as announcers and you loved the Here's a guy. You know, she, she was like, you oh, my gosh, what? So she she read me the ride act about my announcers. I was like, damn. And if I, here's a guy. If, if there's a drinking game, I feel sorry for any kid drinking shots straight while Collinsburg says, here's a guy. Because he doesn't know how to say anything without <laughs> saying, here's a guy before it. He oh, could be always, and the guy could come up to him, I need spare change. Well, here's a guy that's down on his luck, and he wants some change to get something to eat. All, all I know is next time I'm uh, getting intimate with the missus, I'm just going to say, uh, do you believe in miracles? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, we're not telling that one. We're not going to back and telling that one. Oh, oh, my God. All right. <laughs> we come to that part of the show. This, I, this I is said your part of the show. I said I wasn't going to go off. But a lot of reports have come out in D.C. And they're talking about Josh Harris not knowing what to do. He's scared the ticket sales are going to fall. So, oh, we think a shakeup's coming. And I'm like, okay. I made an analogy the other, uh, what was that, last night? I think it was the night, last night or the night before last. If I gave you an 08 Corolla, Bad brakes, bad rotors, exhaust systems done, transmissions messed up, tires are bald. You got all these things to fix on this car. You can't fix it all at once because you don't have the money to. <clears throat> That's the Washington franchise right now. There's a lot of things wrong with this 08 Corolla. You want to act like it's an S-Type and it just rolled off the assembly line. No, it's not. Give it a chance. But you can't and give it a chance. It's four years of giving it a chance. And it... In four years, oh, oh, oh. that's this is this is the. I saw this this morning, and you were the first person I thought of when I saw this. The offensive line when Iran took over, projected, was Trent Williams, Eric Flowers. Um, I forget who the center was, Brandon Scherf, and Morgan Moses. The center was Chase Rouillet. Now. In year four, we got Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, Mike, and company <laughs> playing live for us. This is terrible. You forgot about Ralph and Johnny, but okay. Ralph or whatever. Ralph Ralph was the leader of that. So he should have been solo a long time ago. He just stayed around to keep them relevant. Um, but seriously, like this, this, this group, we have we have Leno, who was somebody else's trash, and I left tackle. He's played solid, but he's outplayed whatever we thought he was going to get from him. You got Deke Charles at left guard, who, after the first two games, people were trying to make him a pro bowl guard, but he hasn't he hasn't done anything the last couple of weeks. He actually tripped a guy on one of the spring plays against um, Buffalo, which, which, which <laughs> ended up. Um, he took the lead blocker, and then they end up, the running back got tackled. Like, they're killing me. 
The center Gates last week against um Chicago. Good guy. He got owned by the tackle on the first drive on third and one. Sam Cosme, it might as well be um parking cone because that's what he is. You can just pick whichever way you want to go around him, and it's easy money. And then Wiley, he probably blocks as good as a lamppost. So what are we doing right now with this offensive line? This Let line me- has been terrible. It has been dysfunctional. It has not done anything. And then I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> let, 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 let me let me let me you you giving low hanging fruit. So let me go ahead and knock it out the park real quick. You talk about the line four years ago when Ron got here. Okay, under this line was under Bill Callahan. Trent Williams wasn't going to play another down for this organization. I give you that. So he had to go. Didn't want to see him go. I said, hey, do what you got to do to fix it. I didn't want to see him go. Eric Flowers tried to re-sign him. The price tag was too high. Chase Rouye retired. Brandon Sheriff uh, tried to re-sign him. He got more money from Jacksonville and is way healthier than he than he was here. He ain't torn his peck yet. Well, okay, all right. So let's. So hold on. Hold on. I mean, no, no, I'm gonna let you finish. All right, you know what I'm saying Beyonce had a great. I mean, Taylor Swift was good, but Beyonce had a better album. <laughs> right. <laughs> But nah, it's this this group sheriff. I knew we weren't going to resign because I wasn't paying a, a guard twenty some odd million. But you got to yeah, bring somebody else in this back. The one of the top two guards in the league. Do you know what top guard money is? Top guard money is like seventeen. You're not paying them twenty one, twenty two. You still got to pay because because they believe in this this front four. We think we got. We think we got the fearsome foursome, but we got the fraudulent four. So oh, what are we doing here? I'm gonna stop it right there with a little history fact. If you look at how many games the fearsome foursome played as a as a tandem, you'll be very very surprised. They were dominant, but they only played maybe 12 to 15 games together. That was just an example, KG. Let's stop bringing <laughs> back argument. I'm being I'm being outrageous right now. All right. I'm being incredulous. Incredulous <laughs> happen, okay? Can I can I just say that there's maybe like four or five teams in the entire NFL that are happy with their offensive lines? <laughs> just for context, can I just throw that in there? Because I'm I, I mean we we were wearing the number 31 <laughs> at our offensive line group because that's what we were ranked number 31 in the league. We I mean we get literally. Our lunch taken every day when you know up the middle. Our our guards are garbage. So I mean, I hear what you guys are saying, but like, uh, there's maybe five, four or five fan bases that are like, oh man, our our, our line's pretty solid. We're pretty stout. Everybody no, else no, is I like, agree. we're garbage. Totally we're garbage. I, I totally agree with you. I just my, like giving KG a hard time sometimes. <laughs> but my thing is, Ron came in. He had to make some moves to make some things happen. He was plagued by poor quarterback play. Okay, maybe his first year. Yeah, he went out and got Wentz. Everybody, I didn't want Wentz because I was like, I don't know which Wentz are we getting. Are we getting Philly Wentz or are we getting that was a waste. That was a waste. That was a waste of a move. I, I hated that move for you guys. I thought I thought there were better options. Um, I was never a believer in Wentz. Um, he's not the guy. If he were the guy, he would have been the guy. And, and then I, my only issue with go ahead, I'm gonna let you go because I'm gonna go somewhere differently. I didn't want Fitzpatrick. You know, he was played with quarterback play, with poor quarterback play. But now he actually now, 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 the 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 quarterback 
drafts, the draft and the quarterback stop were poor. Okay. If we would have scouted deep in the draft, maybe we could have got a Brock Purdy in the seventh or the six or something like that. We got a Sam Howell. Now you got Sam Howell. Now here's a guy that leads the guy. <laughs> <laughs> he leads the NFC touchdowns and uh uh uh, uh Passing yards, touchdowns, and I think completion percentage. Mm-hmm. He 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 has the intangibles. Or oh, Scoot was here, he has the scoot tangibles. I, I get that. So that problem's been solved. We're trying to work on the offensive line, but they're trying to go the cheap route because you're trying to save money. You're trying to plug and play, and you can't do that in this league anymore. I get that. They're starting to realize that you have to move on from it because every we had we'll go from having a top five unit to everybody getting hurt. Now we got a mash unit as BJ calls it. So you got to plug and play guys. Ron has been trying. I'll give him that. He's been trying. Everybody wants to run him out of town, but I always say, what's your solution? Oh, we just going to make Eric be enemy to coach. Okay. You still got to put the staff around. You still got to realize that this whole thing that Ron has built the last four years. He, if I'm not mistaken, I think he said, give me five years. We're only in year four. But there, you've seen other teams do it in less than five years. And how hold but you when saying, they do it in less than five on, years, how long on. is it sustainable? How long hold is it sustainable? On. Hold on. Paul just said Jacksonville, Doug Peterson came in, they win the playoffs next year. Now well, hang on, hang on. The, the difference is you got a franchise quarterback, you got a franchise coach. Paul, you bring facts to my argument. Let me <laughs> I mean that's the, that's the difference. This, no, is no, time, this is the first time that I, this is the first time that I've been here. Obviously, you had Tom Coughlin that was here. He did some great things with the franchise. He still has the J Fund in Jacksonville. It does a lot for the local community. Uh, obviously, he won the the two improbable uh, Super Bowls in New York. Um, so he cemented his legend that way. But other than that, we haven't had anybody at head coach that you would want. We wouldn't. We, I mean, you don't want JDR. You don't want Doug Marone. You don't want. You definitely don't want Mike Malarkey. I'm pretty sure you don't want Urban Meyer. If you want Gus Bradley, you're looking for a D coordinator. So we finally have a head coach who's competent. You got a quarterback who is like, I mean, you got Nick Wright who calls him the, you know, the prince who was promised and does his, you know, trumpets and all that stuff. That's, I mean, you look at the teams that win Super Bowls Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, Eli Manning, Tom Coughlin. You know, you've got, I mean, you, there's that, there's that formula. So when you've got that, then you build around it. I feel like Washington, I don't know that you got the quarterback. I like Ron Rivera as a coach. I don't think he's a bad coach. Um, I think you got I, – I like uh, McLaurin. I like Jahan Dotson. Not 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 crazy about, you know, a lot a lot of your offense. But I feel like you got some some dogs on defense that I don't know were being used to, to, their, to their maximum ability. No, and I totally agree. And I think the problem is fans out here screaming – Get rid of both Ron Rivera and Jack Dario. Something you can't do. You're in the middle. You're in the middle of the season, so there's not like coaching talent that's going to be sitting out here, um, ready for you to pluck off and bring in as your coordinator. And you can't bring them in midseason unless it's somebody else that's a, a Del Rio disciple that's just sitting somewhere, hanging out in the bar, um, drinking my ties and, and, and scotch on the rocks. Like it's just, it just doesn't. It's not going to happen, and it doesn't make sense to even try to go down that route. But breaking you're sitting at home drinking scotch on the rocks and my ties. Why the <laughs> fuck would I want them? <laughs> I was just being—I was being very 
Oh God. <laughs> All right. So that's what I was saying. You just can't, can't fire like it's like fire Ron and Jack. Well, who's calling defense? You don't have Chris Harris. You don't have anybody on the staff that can do that. And then you're putting a first year play caller in a situation where he has to run a team. Now maybe you can do that when you're in the last four weeks of the season and and and, and hope is gone. But hopefully the hope isn't gone and you have a chance to win something. So so it doesn't make sense. And the fact that this fan base they're basing everything on the last three years. Where this guy came in, he barely knows where the good toilet is in, in the building. Like he doesn't know the one where you can go in, nobody uses, he can sit down, be comfortable, and take a two. You know what I'm saying? He hasn't found that that part of the building yet. He's still taking the one that's right down the corner from him if he doesn't have one in his office. So, like, give this guy time to get settled, figure out what he wants to do, build a plan up, because I know he's already reached out to people trying to figure out who he wants for this and that. I know he's not keeping the GMs and company, and I know he's not keeping his coach. Well, let, let me tell you, first off, kudos to you for getting rid of Dad, Dan Snyder because that was a cancer over the over the franchise for way too long. Right. Would not be surprised if you guys reached out to uh, Chris Spielman, uh, who we were looking at to become our um, VP, basically, over Trent Baalke to give him a little bit of a, of a leash. Uh, I think that would be a, a great move for you guys. Uh, he's somebody who's experienced. There's a couple other guys that I like at GM. Um but if you if you guys are gonna if you guys are gonna go that route, you might as well clean house next next offseason, find a new right. head coach. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if there's an appetite for somebody like a Lincoln Riley who's who's talking about coming coming to the pros. Um, but I've long thought that the enemy could be the guy. The question is, is who's he gonna bring in it as a staff? Who's he gonna right. bring as, as your DC? Because that's because that's what I mean. You guys, I mean, I'm I'm not even going to lie. There's a couple guys you got that I'm kind of sniffing around before the trade deadline, depending on what the next couple weeks look like. Because mm. RD could definitely use a, a Chase Young, especially right. if you don't think you guys are using them the right way. Um, but, you know, I don't think you – I mean, I understand the position you guys are in. I hear you guys, and obviously living in D.C. for, you know, better part of 10, 12 years, I, I understand the fan base and what, what you know, Washington fans are about. Um, but – you know, I think you, I, I think you guys are, are absolutely on the right track. Just, just from the fact that you don't have Dan Snyder in the frigging building. Dan Snyder's was such a was such a, an albatross around the neck of that franchise for so long. Um, I feel like the culture's got to change from the top down. Um, and, and you know, eventually you guys find. I mean, like I like I said before, you guys have won three Super Bowls without a franchise quarterback. You guys have won three Super Bowls without a franchise quarterback. You get the rest of the rest of the pieces on the same page. You can win a Super Bowl with Sam Howell. I don't right. think. I mean, he, you haven't seen him yet. He's what six, five games, six games, seven games. Yeah, I mean, you haven't seen him yet. He's got a couple of good receivers. I think. I feel like you, you get a little work uh, on the offense, get the defense playing on the on the right page. Problem is, you guys play in murderer's row of, of a division. You guys, you know, you got to face a, a Dallas and a Philly defense four times. That's a tough road to hoe for anybody. Um, Giants, yeah, they can do some things in some years. I, I'm not believing Daniel Jones right now. Um, but, I mean, that, that's where you guys are at. I mean, but I, I, I absolutely feel like you guys have the arrow pointing up just, just because you got rid of that trash heap of an owner. He was such, he was such a cancer. Totally agree. And Matt says, I think it's smart for the new owner to give everyone a full year and let them 
then let them make decisions and go from there. Also, there are a lot of bad old lines out there. Yeah, we're not the only ones. Mm-hmm. And then I also think, like, I don't trust this staff to make decisions in terms of trades because I don't know if they're going to get me the right compensation. Why would I let them make that decision? Like, why would I let them build my future when they're not going to be part of the future? But but look at your past. You came from a past where it was like, hey, this guy was good five years ago. Let's pay him top dollar now. Right, right. Albert right. Hainsworth and Dion and, you know, insert player here. You guys were the highest payroll for all these free agents that were past their prime for a decade. Hey, right. we won more championships on paper than most teams. <laughs> so. All uh, season champions. <laughs> yes, every year. Uh, but we come to the end of the show. We got to get out of here. We already had an hour and 25. So, and we um, didn't even get to the enterprise stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I got notes. Like, I got notes. Wait, wait, wait. We 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 might have to uh we might have to put a part two on this one then. Hey, 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 before before we wrap, I will say this. Hey KG, uh I know you had shared you, you had lost some people early on. I just want to uh share my condolences. It's it's always hard. Um since we're not talking about enterprise, I did hear through the grapevine because there are a couple of former enterprise folks down here in Duval uh that Rumor had it. I had not gotten any more than rumor that uh, we did lose. Also, Jim Mangana. That's, um, that's not true. I actually so, reached out. So his wife, um, somehow in a post, I came across it. And um, his wife and I talked for probably um, an hour talking about Jim. So, yeah. So that's so, definitely not a rumor. So my condolences to you, uh, KG, for your losses, and, and, and certainly want to celebrate uh, Jim. Uh, let's go Mountaineers. Let's go drink some beers. That's Jim right. Rangano, uh, uh great guy. Uh, we can talk about him on the next segment. Hopefully, uh, if I didn't drive you guys away, you invite me back some point. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Like we say all the time, the chair's open. Yeah. The chair's open. I thank you for that as well. Uh, Man, it's been a fun ride. We'll be back on Thursday to do it again. Uh, shout out to Duval Paul jumping in here with us. Thank you guys uh, for having me. Appreciate oh, it. Man. Much appreciated. Uh, that's the oh oh. So if you're if you don't mind seeing this face again, um, if you go to All In Sports, I think it's nine o'clock. I think they're re-airing the show I did this weekend with them, where I gave them a hockey preview, a baseball preview. So on that, I'm BC. I'm the man with a million names. So, <laughs> well, on this one, he's the midnight rider. That's Duval Paul. I'm the big guy, KG. We don't do no overtime, y'all. We are out of here. Uh oh, we ain't out of here yet. Wait, wait, wait. Now we out of here. <laughs>